Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 767 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, January 16th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, and I am joined by Nick Pollock, which means it's the latest Fireside Chat in the first of 2020. Nick, what's going on? What is happening? It is nice to be back by the fire with you, Spohr. Especially since the weather just dropped today in in Austin. I almost said Houston. Don't know why. Don't live in Houston. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the temperature dropped today. We need a little bit of fire. Uh, there's a lot of fire going on in baseball. We're not going to be talking about any of that today, though. No. It's actually a bit tiresome. But uh, yeah, more heat coming out on that. It needs to be discussed. But not on this. Not on a fantasy podcast that focuses on pitching. Because we're not using any drums here. We're not using air, uh, trash cans. We're not using any buzzers. We're just talking pitching. And since we last talked, which again was back last year, mm. I've released a 125 starting pitcher yeah, you did. ranking, and uh, it's high time that you give me some uh, some grilling on it and figure <laughs> out what's what. And then, uh, of course, in February we'll have our ranking debate show where both of our rankings are updated and out. 5.0 coming up for pitcher list. You'll have yours out, and we'll go over all of our biggest differences. But right now. You're just looking at mine. You're grilling me. But before we get into that, 5.0 coming out soon. How you been? How's how's it coming along? Is it still hitting the after two, Tuesday after the Super Bowl target? Oh yeah, I mean that's uh, that's what we're gonna do. Uh, 9 a.m. Tuesday morning, February fourth. Uh, what can you give us? What can you give the fireside chat listeners? Um, I can say that I'll hopefully cross my fingers be doing a live stream 30 minutes later to show you the new site. Fantastic! I like so, that. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited about it on Twitch. Yes. Fantastic. So definitely tune in for that. Um, hopefully doing uh, other stuff with the staff as well that day. But uh, it's really exciting. We announced on the on the corner podcast yesterday that we're going to have a pitchless fantasy guide as well. Heard that, and uh, we'll we'll talk more about that later on. But we're we're just really excited about it. It's a uh, it's the site I've always wanted to make. So awesome. really really looking forward to it. Been uh, loving watching the evolution of pitcherlist. And uh, for those that don't know, every year the Tuesday after the Super Bowl is the next iteration where they have a bunch of updates from the previous year. And this one could be the biggest jump yet. So stay tuned for that. But let's get into some pictures because it's a big list. You got a lot of questions for me. So I'm just going to hand over the floor to you where you want to start and who you want to get in on. I mean, I'm just going to go down the list. Uh, sure. There, there are some. I mean, OK, I haven't seen Garrett Cole at four yet. And I just wanted I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were there. So I want to point out one thing first. Yes. This is uh, an independent thought, but it does match another great group of guys in the industry, and I don't want to let the guys steal. Sure. Colton and the Wolfman have their smart system, which is impeccable. They do a great job with it. They win. One of the things that they don't like to do is to buy a guy on a new major deal. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that that applies to everybody. For me, it's a pitcher thing only. I've always just been – well, I shouldn't say always. that This is actually developed in the last – like four to five years where a guy goes to be the man on a new team with a giant deal, even if they were the man already, like um, like a CC or a David Price, and they don't always sure, yeah. fail. This is not like get away from them, they fail. Right. I want to see the year of transition, though. Two reasons. One, 
they're likely coming off one of their best years, if not their very best. In Cole's case, it's his very best. Mm -hmm. So we would bake in regression even if he stayed with Houston uh, without even factoring in all the turmoil that's going there, which could just affect the, the, the whole culture there, even though pitchers weren't involved, at least to what we know with all the cheating stuff. Yep. So right off the rip, we would project some some downgrade there. But then we don't know how they're going to transition to a new city. I don't put a whole lot of stock into handling New York. I think a lot of that's overblown. Like Sonny Gray is mentally weak because he struggled in New York. Or he got like bad coaching and didn't like the plan that they had for him. Like there right, could be exactly. other reasons. So I don't think Cole is any sort of, um, uh, you know, shrinking violet and can't handle the bright lights in, in big city. Ooh, poetic. Love it. I, I do believe, <laughs> though, that I want to allow a year of transition. So for me, that puts him four. While the other three guys are still in their same place, they're still excellent. I think you can rank those top four. For those that don't know, it's Cole DeGrom, Verlander, uh, Scherzer, in whichever order you want, and it's justifiable. For me, Cole's fourth. Um, I'm still going to be projecting him for a strong, strong season. But I don't want to take the first year in New York. I want to sit back and watch if he's just as AC as he was this year. Tip my cap to those who got him with the number one pick, uh, the first round pick, and jump back in next year and probably put him one or two if he if he puts up another great season. But I like to sit back. Okay, okay, I understand that a lot. Um, the, the the pushback I would have is less so about just how good Cole was and his skill set. I mean, forty percent K rate. I don't really think anyone truly believes that's going to stick around. Um, at the same it's, it's time, it's hard to project that, but he's right. so nasty that right. Um, it, it's I, I will say that I don't think that his fastball is going to get worse. I don't think that his slider is going to get worse. Uh, mm-hmm. So in that mind, you know, sure there is going to be some drop down, eighty three percent left on base rate as well. That probably will be a little bit worse next year. On top of that, but I, the thing is, Verlander, Degrom, and Scherzer all have little things that that bother me a little, and that that's the main reason why I think personally I still have Cole as one. What, what, is, what uh, outside of the wins thing? Because I can flip on a dime. Yeah. What bothers you about Degrom? Yeah, that's that's the biggest. Uh, that's well, that's the hardest one to sell on this. I uh, I would just really, it's just that the the strikeouts between Cole and Degrom are just vast, um, and that's really it there. And, and like that's actually, I'm tempted to put, make it Cole one, Degrom two, because of that. Sure. Um, no. Okay. So if you don't project Cole for a forty percent, where do you have him then? Because right. I would have him around thirty six or so. Like okay, that. so he's still going to have a nice gap on um, on Degrom. Oh, right. Now, Degrom had two fifty five. Cole had over three hundred. That is, you know, fifty something is a nice. It's a uh, three twenty six. Excuse yeah. me, not uh, three hundred was uh, Verlander. Three twenty six. That's that's hot. And so even if you took off twenty five, you're still talking forty five fifty right. difference in in strikeout volume there between the two, and only eight innings difference. So you can't even say that like Degrom's going to shoot up in innings to cover it because. 200 210 is about the max you can expect from anybody yep. uh, in a given season. But yeah, I think DeGrom has probably the most impeccable profile of the group outside of the wins mm-hmm. uh, as far as anything he does negative. But then when you compare his strikeout rate to Cole and even Verlander and Scherzer, that's where he lags. Right. That's where exactly. DeGrom lags. And the obviously the thing with Verlander is with age and also the, the 218 Babbitt from last year, you don't know how that's going to stick. I love Verlander, and I feel so weird even talking negative about him here. Um, and it is very. Well, we gotta try to, to split the four, though. You know, uh, yeah. Well, right. So we have to hit, start hitting on the nitpicks and the soft factors, exactly. Because you yeah. could even use the 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 team defense and the win thing 
against DeGrom because you're trying to split them up. So we have to go to some of the weaker points. So so the Verlander, there's those elements that I can imagine him not being one. And Scherzer, for me, honestly, it's it's the injury history. Sure, um, and it's, it's just going to get better up. with him. So, so that way, actually, I think I'm going to have Scherzer as his own little mini tier one B uh, of just like it's it's oh. Cole Verlander, Degrom, in whatever order, and then it's just Scherzer and his own little thing. Hi, you're the de facto four. Enjoy it. We all love you there. And then moving on to the other guys. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you take a 35 year old, which Scherzer is. But it was really only the injuries last year. Like he had a few other things, but it never kept him from the 200. This was his first jump off of 200 innings in six years. So I don't know. I'm going to keep him in the four. But uh, if you're putting him down at four, like I said, you can take the four, rank them how you want. I got right. you. So yeah, they're four aces. Rank them how you're comfortable with, folks, and and then go with them. I got Cole at four right now. Who's next? So, okay. So, uh, I mean, I didn't even mention I uh, beforehand um, – I mean, if you want to even talk about health, there is something to be said about Charlie Morton at 13. But mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, that's really the only argument there. So I'm not one, gonna, one thing on that, it, just that, as yeah. a, yeah, as a general thing, I, 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 I try not to really double count health issues. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think putting that on him right now, particularly on the heels of his two healthiest seasons, uh, despite the fact that he has a track record of, of health, Charlie Morton does. Right. But trying to say that he has a substantially larger risk than anyone around him, I, I would push back on because okay. if you yeah, pitch, I understand that. If you pitch, you have severe risk. The one caveat is when things are uh, chronic. For example, right. Kershaw's back. Sure. You want to put a little bit of extra juice on that, add him a few points of injury risk, however you allot that in your head. I get that. But for the most part, with guys that are just dealing with the a bevy of things, including a ripped groin one year for Morton because the NL is stupid enough to let pitchers bat. I'm not going to hold that against him. Right. And, oh, man. So, okay. Have we ever really addressed that we're both uh, anti-letting pitchers bat in pro DH for both leagues? I don't know if we have, and I think it's because we love pitching so much that we never want to see them get hurt. (laughs) Oh, right. It's it's just ridiculous to me how we just let that happen. They just don't train for it anymore, and so it's outdated. I understand if 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 you really wanted to like put that on their plate and say this is part of your job and really enforce it, then sure, because a lot of them can swing it. But they're told, do not worry about that. We pay you twenty mil a year to throw the pill. Right. We don't care. You can stand up there, and there's a few guys who are crazy about it and want to do well. Scherzer, Kershaw, Bumgarner. You can name them all on like one hand. It's the dumbest thing in baseball. Plus. Having your two leagues play completely different rules is remarkably stupid. Yeah, imagine it's crazy. Imagine if the Eastern Conference's three-point line was six feet further back, <laughs> just because. Yeah, right. Um, so I so moving past that one. Um, yes, the other guys I could mention in this one, like I know you lo- just can't quit Noah Syndergaard, and I get that. Correct. That's um, my own little thing. There is, yeah, and then there's Jack Flaherty at twenty is the lowest I've seen. Correct. I'm not a Jack Flaherty truther in any way. I, I, I have addressed that at length. Um, right. You, you talked about that with Mason, I believe. Yeah, and you know, I might move him up a little bit after a lot of a lot of talk, just kind of hashing it out. But he's not really going to get higher than like 15, 16 for me. Oh, that's that sounds right to me. I have yeah. Right, I think at fourteen is it, but I'm debating that one. That's really the highest I can get him, and I I don't know, and it's just 
I still haven't been convinced that there were these great changes in the second half that he's going to carry forward and and be obviously I don't think even his biggest backers think he's going to be that pitcher because that's a, just a historical run that uh, that Cole Verlander wouldn't be able to hold. But I don't know that he's he, he's necessarily going to going to just be a a sub three ERA guy. Sure, I I think he's going to be more of a low threes boatload of K's and and a good whip. I mean, putting him twentieth is still projecting for a great season. Putting him fifteen sixty still projecting for a great season. Right. So I think I can leapfrog him over. Granky, you talked about my Syndergaard love, maybe, but I still, God, I'm just hoping that Jeremy Hefner, their new pitcher, pitching coach, has some plans there. Of course, they need a new manager now. Um, and then Severino's a tough battle, too, and I, I'm encouraged, at least, that Severino finished on the mound whenever right. a guy's hurt yeah. like that. As, as long as they finish, even Weaver, who got like two innings at the end of the year, yeah. that's enough to satiate me that's that right. they felt he was worth bringing back. They didn't just say, we got to shelve you just in case. They said, sure. fine, you get those two innings and end with a little cherry on your season. So uh, with Severino, I, I feel like we should operate as though he's healthy and ready to go. I understand that completely. Uh, you know, I remember getting excited about Taiwan Walker showing up for one inning. I didn't know yep. it was going to be one inning. I was like, oh, he's going to start. I'm excited. That was one. I did too. I was like, well, I, this is this was a waste of time. Uh, now, on the on the Flaherty point, there is something we don't really ever talk about, but if you talk to any MLB pitcher, they'll tell you this thing exists, and it's just so hard to quantify, and that's rhythm. And yes. That's start-to-start rhythm. We talk about momentum a bit, but it's really just feeling confident with what you're doing and then repeating it over and over again, and I have not seen a pitcher in rhythm like Flaherty was uh, since I say Jake Arrieta, Arrieta. magical 2015 or, 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 or Marquez. Yeah. Marquez, or Marquez was in, in, yep. in 18. Now, yeah. doesn't the off season break that up though? Yeah. That's the thing though. Right. So the question is some guys are able to keep that rhythm going. Mm-hmm. Um, some are not. Uh, maybe is this a rhythm you can get back into quickly? It's, it's one of those completely, I don't know, unicorn topics because there's no way for us to say that that is real. But it's uh, it's just so that's what that was with Flaherty that made yes. him do that. Because if you watched a game, I remember even the last one he threw, it was like fifty pitches through seven innings with Flaherty. So and he's the Cubs won. Ton, when yeah, he, a ton he was of decimates. Yeah, it was so easy. <laughs> he was putting everything where he wanted. It's like, guys, why are you bad at pitching? Look how easy this is. Yeah, just do just do like, this. Just take. I mean, uh, having on. only two pitches and being the most dominant pitcher right. in the game. Um, not for to half mention season. Right. Not to mention the the overperformance of his sinker. He only threw like eleven percent of the time, but had like a ten B val on it because he was just really good at executing it all of a sudden. And everything was just so moving for Flaherty like crazy. So if I had to put a statement on that, is that I don't I don't spend on rhythm. Yeah. Um, so I am maybe in favor of what you're doing. Maybe in, in season, season yes. I, exactly. I will I will yes. vibe on that. A guy that's been pitching that well, I'm gonna I'm not gonna predict some drop off, just like that it's gonna fall off out of right. nowhere. When they're when they're vibing like that, I'm in. Sure. Um so the one guy I actually wanted to talk about was you Darvish at fourteen. Yes. Um Alex Chamberlain made a really great point saying, like, hey, there's this whole thing about his fastball uh release point changing and that really shot him up. Through that second half, it was incredible. We've seen a career from Darvish that is just all over the place. Um, from figuring it out to not to injury, and then he's great, he's bad, he's great. Um, even last year, when he was going through this incredible run, he had 10 strikeouts in on August, August 15th against the Phillies, and we're just 
shut up all seven innings everything's great and the next game gives up six earned runs and it's just it, it's maddening at times so i uh, what do you see here from darvish at 14 that says okay i still am willing to deal with this than going for castillo or giolito who are right after well, part of it is something that Alex hinted on there with the fastball. The fastball command, really the command and control of everything, I think, is his biggest takeaway from the second half. Darvish absolutely changed himself. And because I get a lot of question on, well, you, you don't believe in Flaherty's second half, which is not totally true. But I, I don't think there were uh, a lot of tangible differences that he's going to bring with him to 2020. Why do you believe in Darvish's? Because I do think there were. Um, I do think he became a different pitcher. I mean, 2% walk rate, the seven walks over his last like 15 starts is so insane. And obviously I would not project that rate to continue. But one of the biggest things that we've always said about Darvish is that if you ever got the walks in check, look out. Right. One, one counter to that, and it happened in that game against the Giants and one other game in the second half is that um, we talk about the difference between command and control. I think he had both, but there were certain games where it was more control than command, where he's just hitting the zone and filling it up yeah. and still getting hit for homers. Right. That was the trade-off. The home run rate did go up for Darvish, but we've seen somebody like Verlander live with that. I can live with a 1-5 homer rate even if you're not walking anybody. Sure. If you're still getting those kind of strikeouts, you're still difficult to square up, and you get the occasional long ball. I, I, I can sleep well with that, uh, knowing that that you're going to be that nasty. So I think he's going to bring a lot of that accelerated walk rate into the sec- fr- from the second half into 2020 with him. Darvish is still a strikeout god. Do you know that he's the career leader in, in K9 at 11.1? That does not surprise me. Because he, he just has never had a bad strikeout year, no matter how bad it's ever gotten. And I'll point out that he literally only has one bad year. I think some of his struggles – are are overblown because he can be maddening. I think it's a similar effect that Strasburg has. Uh, and you add in the injury for Strasburg, the injury hasn't been as prevalent for Darvish. It's been there. And of course, he had the injury washout in 2018 and he got hurt in 2016. But he's literally been bad once and it was the washout of 18. I feel comfortable saying we kind we don't erase it, but like I'm not putting a lot of stock in eight from 18 into 2020. Unless I find out that he's hurt, in which case then we would alter him greatly anyway. So a healthy Darvish uh, just doesn't pitch poorly for me. So I think the floor is actually really solid despite uh, some of the walk issues that he had back in, in the day and maybe the new home run issue that he's kind of developed. So I think I'm buying an excellent floor, which is strikeout fueled with a legitimate ceiling to still be an absolute monster. So, so the one pushback I'm going to give you here. Is that 2017, 18, and 19? Um, in each season, uh, the best ERA he's had in those is 386. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, as you mentioned, lost 2018. It's kind of harsh to even suggest that that should be included with that 495 sure. ERA. Um, to see a full season, I still, I still personally need to be, per, uh, I need to be convinced that uh, it's a rock solid ERA floor necessarily from from Darvish. At the same time. I mean, I don't know if I'm look at the whips though. 14. Oh, I understand. So the whips I, and the strikeouts. I'm, I'm not putting any pushback on strikeouts. I'm just yeah. putting pushback on the the ratios floor. I think sometimes um, these, I think sometimes guys like this though. It's uh, Joe Musgrove gets it too. When the ERA is a little bit higher, but the whip is great, they get more hate than 
vice versa. Well, I mean, it's somebody who has like 14, a three. I'm going to give you some pushback. Sure. That's right. Cause I mean, I think like Giolito has a better chance. No, well, I don't know actually, but it's, it's he, better there, chance. There, for there are a lot of guys. There are a lot of guys that, well, it's debatably better chance of better ratios than Darvish does. I don't think he has a better chance. I think he had a better ERA last year, but to say he has a better chance would completely ignore 2018 and say that he can't possibly regress. We have one season, a great season, and I believe in him. That's why I ranked him so high. But I mean, well, I mean, that's the that's I I truly believe that Giolito is a different pitcher than 2018. I mean, completely sure. his mechanics. He was he was in 19. Yes, absolutely. Right. Um. So I mean, th- to regress. Well, okay. I'm not well, saying he's going to regress to that. There's a lot of room between 341 and 613, though, to say sure. that the guy with literally one good year is better yeah, than. It's it's honestly. I mean. I just threw out Giolito quickly, uh, but honestly, it's like four months of a four-plus ERA for Giolito last year. But at the same time, Darvish was for three. It, 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 there's just a lot of conversation, I think, with... I'm looking at all your ranks, that's from 14, 15, and so on. Um, there are a ton of guys that will strike out a lot of batters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, wonder, I do wonder if the caper nine was super high for Darvish for the career just because he doesn't always have a high IPS because he's a little bit wild and his, his command isn't great as the other guys. Still a 30% um, K percentage. Well, right, though. exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing I do want to focus on, 30%. You'll find a lot of guys that can have a 30% strikeout rate. Darvish, better floor there. So I understand that point a lot. Uh, I'm still personally debating where I'm going to be putting Darvish. I want to say I'll have him closer to 20 or so so we're not well, really far off yeah he's in the tier all. that ends at 20 yeah maybe i don't know where i'm gonna put my tears i don't like tears tears are stupid <laughs> are they stupid every year i hate it because it's like such a gray area that's such a it's so because, hard to put because, the separation every single time because pretending that they're there that you can make a finite number is is much dumber to be honest to pretending that you say sure. this guy's 25 and this guy's 27 well that's all relative. tears are not stupid um I mean, because the, this goes back to the whole glob thing. Like, I, I, I see you rolling your eyes. Like, how? No, I explain, didn't, I didn't, I didn't explain mean to how me. they're stupid. I didn't mean to roll my eyes. I, okay. Um, no, I, I don't like tears because there's a lot of times that I, because this, you're, you're creating a divide when it's just one large spectrum. And it's, it's hard to. I mean, it, you're it putting. Can, you're, Kind of putting your personal preference of like, this is where I have a cutoff. I got these guys I'm comfortable with. Jump down a little bit. I mean, it's not that the divide is is massive, but I mean, like the the way the way I see it. A so lot if you're agreeing that, that they're on like a spectrum and that there's different like groupings, like what what would be the negative of having a tier? Well, it's just it's always just so hard to put exactly where the tier starts and ends. That's why I hate them. Sure, I mean, it, it, it's hard to put the number of where they belong. Well, right. I mean, that's not easy either. Um, I, I guess I, I, from my experiences of having all these tiers, uh, which I do as well, mm-hmm. um, brings a lot of conversation that uh, it, it doesn't. It, it it speaks a larger conversation that I don't actually have. If that makes sense, that's a terrible sentence. Well, uh, that, that's <laughs> and I always put in my whenever I do a ranking of like, don't get hung up on the number unless you're talking about somebody that has you know, seven to 10 plus spot difference, the differences aren't that big. You, even going from tier to tier, even taking guy, you know, Jack Flaherty and who cuts off a tier, uh, or I think starts one, um, to, you know, 
Brandon Woodruff, who's six spots lower, I'm not seeing some chasm there. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I find tears. I find the pushback on tears weird. Cause you're definitely not alone in that. I've, I've heard others say that they're like the bane of fantasy or something. And well, I just, I, I guess the, I guess the real problem there is that, um, they often communicate something that I don't necessarily feel. If that makes sense. What, which is, which is a massive separation. Like people see tears as cliffs and I don't always feel that there is a massive cliff, but I, need I think that would be on somewhere. you. I think that would be on you to convey that they're not massive. Well, I mean, if you just look at the table, I, I, I'm I, I, for design purposes, I'm going to try. I'll put in text later on that there isn't a thing, but well, yeah. it's not always that convenient. I but mean, anyway, I would, let's, let's yeah, move past this. Sure. Uh, so that I would never see it as like a massive clip. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah well, right. Okay. So 21 year Frankie Montes. Now a guy is going after that in yours, Carrasco, Glasnow. Um, actually interesting to see, uh, free there at 25 as well, but that's okay. I, I want you to have a moment to talk about Montes, why you believe in him. Um, and right after Jack Flaherty there at 20. His evolution has been awesome. He's really put the pieces together almost year by year and watching him transform from the proverbial thrower to, to pitcher has been really interesting. Major strikeout guy that had no idea where it was going for a couple years, the laser focuses on walks at the at the expense of hits, you know, cuts that uh, walk rate in half, but then gives up a 10-3 ten, ten, uh, hits per nine. Still end up performing somewhat decently, though, a sub-4 ERA, albeit with a 146 whip that year just tells. And that was with no strikeouts. So he was definitely, like, focused on I'm going to live in the zone, you know, and, and just – make sure I don't walk guys. But that was it. That was all Montas was able to do in 2018. Then last year, puts it all together and adds a new pitch with it. The strikeouts were back in full force. The walk rate got even better. Uh, He was much more difficult to hit because everything was working in concert with the fastball slider and splitter. And I know you don't like splitters, but it doesn't mean they're not good pitches, especially when it's his third. And I think it was a really interesting pitch for Montas to add. Uh, particularly when it's not his bread and butter. He peeled away from the fastball, which has been hittable. And most guys' fastball is where they give up their hits and homers on. And the slider still did well for him. So I think we got a three-pitch guy who's really kind of learned how to put it all together. I'm not deterred by the PED suspension in the slightest. Um, you get suspended for him. You don't lose anything, assuming he even gained anything from them. And so the only real concern is that he's never pitched 100 innings in a major league season, which I don't really have a big problem with. All right. Um, So just to clarify the splitter thing, you're not wrong. I don't like splitters, but I'm okay with Montes throwing it as his third pitch, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, in general, even as a third pitch, I'm not a huge fan just because... uh, you want to trust a split every single day as your third anyway. Like the best guys have two really good secondary pitches. You look at Bieber. He yeah. has a slider and a curveball, and he trusts those both. But, but most it, guys has, don't have everything working every start. Oh, right. So no, I, yeah, I don't know that splitters fine. necessarily. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's putting fair. you at more harm. There. Um, and it's better that it's the third instead of the second. If it was yeah. the second, then you need that second to be there. Um, so so that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I don't like the fact uh, of Montes. I mean, I'm not totally sold that he's um, a, a pitcher now as opposed to a thrower. Um, he still throws too many sinkers. Um, and he got away with it a good amount last year. I, I His slider is good. He gets strikes with it, but it's not that great. Uh, and 
all that together, I, I could see them being closer to four than three array um, in 2020. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen. Um, but for me personally, a 21 is you have to be on the, the much closer side to 30, sorry, to three. While I, I mean, I see it. I would put them in the same tier as a lot of these guys anyway. So it's mm-hmm. uh, a used tier again. Um, but I mean, I'm seeing guys like, uh, let's see here, Brandon Woodruff, for example, who also had a, a, a surprising sample. I mean, it was like 80 innings for Montez, what, 120 or so for, for, for Woodruff. Yeah. But I, I believe oblique. his floor with his, uh, with his fastball, for example, and slider is actually really good. It developed well last year. Um, as opposed to Montes, who I don't, I don't really know if that fastball is going to hold up um, through a full year. So what I'm a mean? little hesitant on that. Um, I don't know if it's going to perform the same way as it did uh, in 2019 as in 20. Well, Woodruff's, I have much more faith in. I, I don't mind that he actually has two different fastballs too, because I think the two seamer for Montas is distinct. And I know we're not huge two seam slash sinker guys. Um, but when it's not when it's not your primary fa- fastball, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I obviously I like Montas. I put him very high. That's kind of a a flag plant sort of pick there. But I think he's I think he's going to be really good, and I think a full season is going to uh, to really allow him to show out. I mean, twenty two percent, or excuse me, no, I misread that. Only fifteen percent swinging strike rate on on the slider, which is just below average for starters. But I think um, he kind of has an interesting called strike profile, Montas does. And I wonder if some of that is the movement that he gets to kind of keep hitters off balance. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they're looking for something to go a certain spot, and he's and he's able to get the called strikes with it because he has a pretty decent called strike rate with everything but the splitter. That's more of his chase pitch. Sure. Uh, it, with a sinker, I mean, it, it might surprise you to hear that it had a 311 batting average allowed last year. Only a 27% O swing. I want to see with sinkers a higher chase rate just because he should be throwing it outside of the zone right if you if I think it's those, more of a two seamer by the way I think it has more that's very pitch type is calling it a sinker that's yeah. why I'm referencing it but it might be true um and I uh, it, it just it was mediocre last year if anything if if you can actually make an argument that it was slightly below average 131 what RC plus on that sinker or two seamer um and the and the four seamer was actually a little bit better I would love to see him throw uh, two to one four seamers as opposed to two to one. Yeah, uh, I'd like to seamers. see him throwing more too. Montas throwing more four seamers would be great, particularly at the same up. time. The, right, but I haven't seen that yet. I haven't really seen that approach, and it was only a nine percent swing strike rate on that four seamer, twenty four percent O swing, fifty three percent zone rate. Again, kind of pen- pedestrian, even though it had a ninety seven mile per hour fastball or velocity rather. So that's good. That is the velocity. It's just he's not using it the way I want to see it yet. If I start seeing that, then I'd be much more on board. Um, I feel like at 21, you're expecting that change a bit because I feel like if it's the status quo with those fastballs, it's not going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a disappointment at this price. I don't know. To, you know, to like an average fastball with two good uh, off speeds, I think is a, is a winning formula. I think a lot of guys' fastballs are a lot worse than we recognize. And we give like a lot of credence to he's got a he's got high velo, so he must have a good fastball. And obviously, that's not always the case, and Montas proves that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, 
even even with the OPSs where they were on the four seamer and two seamer, really wasn't that far from from the league average, which is about 800 OPS on, on a fastball. So I think as long as they're not getting beaten around the yard, that's going to allow him to uh, really get to the secondaries enough and be successful. I'd like to see him even cut down the fastball usage more next year. He went from 72 to 57% on fastball usage. Montas did uh, with the slider or with the splitter coming in, maybe filter a few more fastballs into sliders. And I think he could really jump sure, up. Definitely. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm describing the warts of Montas and everyone here in the twenties or thirties is starting to have those. I mean, Crasco's right after. And I do imagine if you assume full health and uh, in the rotation, you probably would have Carrasco above Montes. Is that right? Yeah, probably. Um, Tyler Glasnow. Not a bad fastball, though. The, the right. Cleveland oh, way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, Glasnow, of course, I, I imagine the warts is, hey, he was injured for a long time and he doesn't have the best command ever. So I get that. I uh, I, I found that to be like a sh- strong ranking, to be honest. I know. Oh, really? Yeah, 23. That's kind of where I've seen him, honestly. Yeah, that's where he's going. Yeah, so I'm I'm with but the market. I mean, I'm just I'm just describing the warts of the other guys. Oh yeah, I'm mean, only uh, only has two pitches too, and if right. he tips them, uh, then he has no pitches. <laughs> there you go. Um, Sonny Gray overperformed with both his breaking balls last year. I wonder if that's going to stick around or not. I uh, Woodruff we already talked about, and Aaron Nola there is at 27. I I think this is about the market. I've seen the market push him up to top 20 as well at times. Um, I think he'll. I think he'll. Dude, he's 14 in NFBC draft. Is that right? 14? Yeah, and he was, um, pardon me, pardon me, 16 in our pitcherless mocks. So there you go. Uh, so why are you so down on Nola relative to the field? Because I've seen him pitch. Uh, <laughs> that's so mean. Um, I don't know. He has one great year. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a direct one-to-one. In fact, it's not really even close, but... Same things kind of happen with Trevor Bauer. They both have the one great year, and it's like, we're going to keep betting on that. And it's like, I'm fine betting, right? Obviously, I'm betting on guys like Montas. It's not like I'm not betting with anybody. But I don't know, man. I just, I saw the home runs go up, and I didn't see a lot that would describe that as unlucky. Obviously, home runs went up for a bunch of guys. I think the ball is going to remain relatively similar. And so, you know, yes, the homer to fly ball jumped up to 17% for Aaron Nola, which is above his career average, but that's not egregious. I don't know that that's due for a big tumble. They don't have uh, a great defense behind him, and so his ground ball lean doesn't necessarily help him. The walk rate went up a lot last year, uh, uh, almost two and a half ticks, which is a, a little bit nerve-wracking because that's usually kind of his uh, a calling card is that he doesn't walk guys. Right, yeah. And he's always kind of lived on the called strike thing, which – We've learned in recent years, including due to Alex, uh, Alex Fast's award-nominated work, that that's not inherently bad. There was a point like when Nola first came up that that was seen as like, well, that can't stick. His call strikes are too high. They're, it's sustaining his strikeout rate. That's going to fall. We're learning that that's not necessarily true. But it's certainly worse than having a good swinging strike rate, right? We do right. we do still yes. know that. We do still know that swinging strikes are better. So I don't know. I just don't get the warm and fuzzies about Nola. I will say back-to-back 200-inning seasons, that's great because he's been a health track record guy in previous years. And now two two healthy years in a row is very good. But I just see him as like – 
solid, but not great. Basically, he, I don't find him terribly different than Jose Barrios, save the fact that he's had the, the one great year that people have been hoping that Barrios would have at some point. I still think he could because it could be a spike here and won't necessarily be a great change in his profile. But I think Noah's just kind of really good, just not elite. And Wait. 14 and 16 puts him as elite. I just realized that you have Barrios at 31. Yeah. You did it. You took him out of the top 30. I'm oh, so excited. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because we debated this in, in Arizona when he was at like 22 or 23. And I was like, I'm not in. That's way too Who late. had him there? Well, that was like the, the early uh, mock oh, or something like let's that. See what, let's see where it's going now. And, Barrios. Uh, and the three were like, pictures. what's wrong with you, Nick? I'm like, I don't love Barrios. I'm sorry. 29. Well, minus three relievers, 26. He's going about 26 in the in the market. I got him down at 31. Better market. Um, yeah, I still think uh, you you don't like Barrios though, and I still think that you underrate him a bit. That's fine. I mean, I'm just happy that you have him at 31 here. Um, with Nola, glad I could make you happy. (laughs) Um, every day, Spore. You've forsaken Nola, by the way. Well, used to be your guy. He was my guy because the price was right and people were undervaluing him. Now I think they're overvaluing him. him. I mean, I remember last year, actually, before I put out my my top 20, I went on the Discord and said, you guys are going to hate me for I had number 10. And that was Nola. Yeah. Because everyone had him like five or six or something. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's going to be Nola. I'm I'm not seeing it. Um, But I here's the thing. He had a 24 game stretch between. April 25th and August 30th. Nola did? Nola. Okay. Uh, that had a 10K per nine, 289 ERA, and a 113 whip. That's really That's, good. I That's think good. what people are are banking on. Like he had a slow start. He had a couple games or so. He didn't have his curveball. Wasn't looking right. So he didn't have the feel for his fastball. Wasn't hitting. He had a brutal April, stuff. if I recall correctly. Right. This was this started on the 25th against, hey, Miami will do that. Miami is a slump breaker. Okay. <laughs> And then at the end of August, right, had this, uh, was doing well, then had a bad September. So he bookended pretty poorly. Exactly. Um, and I don't know if I necessarily buy into that because the whole thing was like a three year A or so. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying, oh, no, no, he's just going to be that four month stretch in the middle of it. That's, you know, that's a bit of a reach or whatever. But nevertheless, this is what people are seeing as a true Nola, I think. This is why you see him as the 16th uh, NFBC, you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I'm not. In Anola, I would be surprised if I drafted him. Um, I don't see a huge gap. I mean, you have him in this tier, and I think it's pretty reasonable to put him in that tier. Uh, I'm probably going to put him at the end of the teens, is what I expect. The The thing about him is that, yeah, he's oh, a you're going to have top 20. I think so. Okay. I don't know yet. So I still have three weeks. Still uh, pretty high on. I would say like 19 or okay. so, or something like that. Uh, I like I see Granky. You have Granky at nineteen. I'm like Nola and Granky are pretty similar to me. Um, they're both going to put up a lot of volume. They're both going to. I mean, Nola actually has a slightly higher strikeout rate to me. I think they can put up pretty similar whips as well. I mean, it's, it's maybe Granky gets the favor in as far as the whip department, but yeah, Granky has a strikeout substantially better walk rate. What do we think on, on Nola's had, walk? You have to bake in some sort of when is it going to break apart, and you don't know if it's going to be this year or not. Uh, to what degree, though? Well, right. I mean, no, has, I know. I'm saying entire like career. Back back. Like, I'm saying they're even. Yeah, I'm not saying like I, I, it's going to be four year rate. Granky now. No, no. I, I'm saying with the walk rate, though. I think he's still 
Walk rate, yeah, fine. You have to project yeah. him for a massive edge there over Nola. Sure, okay, that, that's fine with the walk rate. And I am giving him the edge in whip. As far yeah. as ERA, I don't know. I think Nola could easily beat him there. That's that. Well, not easily, but could beat him there. And strikeouts, Nola should beat him there. Nola would have the edge there, yes. So, so it's pretty even in my book. Um, so that's kind of where I'm seeing it with Nola right now. I, I, don't, I have no real qualms with 27, just because it's like there are a lot of guys to consider here. And yeah, I don't, uh, I don't dislike Nola. I just, I don't right. know. I see like one great season. And, uh, you know, two good ones, the 17 and 19 are good, but he was the 37th pitcher last year as far as ranking goes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what if I get a repeat and what does it take to get him seven? What? He would deserve better than 12 wins. I'm sorry. Yeah. And hopefully he gets that this year. You know, they're, they're, they're still a, a quality team on paper. They should be better this year. Their bullpen is still scary though. Philly's bullpen is still actually quite scary. Yeah, that's they, not not good. Did they get anyone this offseason? It, no, right? no, it's it's Doming it's Dominguez and um Neris. Yeah. And then that's really it, dude. Because <laughs> Robertson's toast and yeah. they it is nothing, man. Like it's 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 worrisome. Um Adam Morgan, uh our boy Nick oh, boy. Pavetta. Jose Alvarez, I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's Scrubsville, yeah, and you good. never know in a given season that guys could pop up. Some of these guys are are pretty talented, but you're not betting on it. So going into the year, you have to ding Nola for that with regards to the win situation sure. that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, not that I'm going to put Jose him down Alvarez. For wait, wait. Yeah. Jose Alvarez from the Reds, the Reds last year. Yeah, the lefty. Oh man, he made so many. Uh, I think he had like three in the top 150 pitches from last year. That 99 two seamer is. Oh, it's so painful. Wait, 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 wait. Who? Jose Alvarez. You thinking of Jose Ramirez? No. Jose Alvarez on the Rays. Last year. That's Jose Alvarado. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, We're he's a monster. If they had him, that would completely... One guy would completely right. change this their bullpen. I was just like, wait, hold Because on he's a lefty, and they need one. And oh, if you, you go Neris... Dominguez Alvarado. Right. Now you're talking. But right. you can understand my surprise. You should yes. be happy that I talk about starting pitchers, guys, and not you relievers. Not so. have Jose Alvarado. <laughs> he is a filth monster. Oh, uh, they man. should try to trade for him, but they will not yeah, get that'd him. That'd be good. That's no way. Um, well, anyway, let's move past Nola. Let's go to uh, the actually same tier at the bottom of this. You have Eduardo Rodriguez at 33. This might be the highest ranking. I don't. I don't look at many rankings. Uh, I try to stay unbiased as possible. Obviously, I'll look at them for you, Spore. Uh, I. I try. I know, but I, no I, I try my best. Of course, don't have to try because there's no such thing. There's I'm always bias. Unbiased is always bias, right? But I try to limit how much I get. I try at least. Anyway, you have Eduardo at 33. Uh, what do you love about Eduardo? I've actually seen. I've seen articles about him being a sleeper and a target and everything. I, so. Don't even really love him. I just think that he's pretty good, um, and he's kind of built himself a floor here that that absolutely plays. I'm so he went 19 and six last year, so that's definitely a factor. Uh, one of the things with his health is that it's never been arm, which so it, it has been chronic though. Which I just said when it's chronic, you have to be careful. So those lower half issues, the knee and and. Right. Uh, other factors down in his lower half, that's problematic and has limited him in innings until 19 when he threw 203 innings. Um, but I, you know, he was a top 30 guy last year. 
I think the skill set is perfectly solid. It's not flashy, but it's solid. I think the, the key and the reason I don't want to weigh too heavily on that 19, that 29th ranking that he had is because of 19 wins. And you can never really know there. If you look at the 13, funny though, he had 13 the year before in 23 starts. So it right. does seem to like the last two years, at least he's been a wins guy um, on, yeah, on the Red Sox. I wouldn't project, you know, I, I'm going to always be living in that kind of like 13 to 16 range for most guys outside of the aces, as far as wins go. But I think he's going to continue to be, you know, uh, he's got a, he's a strikeout guy. He gets you about one per inning, thereabouts, and um, you're going to get like a mid to high threes ERA. The whip went up last year, which was kind of weird about his season. And even during Eduardo's big run, it was high. But again, I put him at 33. I don't even consider that like a lot of love, though. It turns out, according versus the market, it kind of is. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Eduardo is one of those guys that I want so badly just to put it together, but really until he gets his cutter slider in order, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, that he needs that cutter slider. I'm going to cut, just call it a cutter moving forward. That to find the zone to get strikes because he finds himself in situations where his changeup isn't getting bites on days. Yeah, and and when that happens, his fastball is good, but it's not good enough to carry it. And that that cutter needs to be there to help more. And it's just not that great. And the problem with this entire approach is that the changeup, it's really good at missing bats. I mean, 20% swing strike rate, but only finds the zone 21% of the time. And it's a good O swing at 46, but I want to see like a 30% zone rate. I want to see something that he can actually throw for a strike with it at times. He he doesn't really. He just is tuned to throw it down and away to, to right-handers. Yeah. And get swings over it, and that's it. Isn't it hard so, to encourage that, though, when you have a 45% chase rate? Well, no, I, I guess what I'm getting at is you see a lot of extra pitches thrown by Eduardo, and it's why yeah. that whip goes up. That's why the, yeah, the walker. He has, deeper, he has deeper innings more than you'd want. So, His IPS yep. is not generally very good. He had 34 starts to get over 200 innings. He can be maddening to watch, Eduardo. And I guess can. It, it's, it's ridiculous. So he had a really nice run, and that was that was all fun and all. He had It was 57 innings in, in nine starts, which is, I think, the best I've ever seen of him. He had multiple seven-inning starts in that run to end the year in mm-hmm. 2019. But, I mean, even then, I mean, he still, as you said, the whip wasn't great in yeah. that time. It wasn't as stellar as you think. It was a one-two-one, which is really good. But you'd but, think but a guy that had a 253 ERA would be better. Exactly. It's that. not good with that with, with that ERA, uh, if we're being honest. And right. that's why, again, I don't even consider myself an Eduardo guy. I, I just kind of thought that that's where he was. And so I guess based on my ranking versus the price, I could end up with some of Eduardo and I'd be fine with that. Cause I do think there is still some upside. Um, he has to kind of tap into it though. There needs to be some growth on what Eduardo is doing. The status quo is not going to deliver any significant changes in my opinion. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I think I should really focus here on the first 25 starts of the year. Cause I think if people understood that, of a 4.31 ERA mm-hmm. uh, with a 1.37 WHIP and 23% K rate, with so many of those maddening, that, that's that really bad. About. I mean, that that's that's not someone I want in a 12 teamer. I I mean, that 1.37 WHIP hurts. 
23% carry. Okay, fine. But still but at 13 dubs and 145 strikeouts and 146 and That's a good offense still. They didn't get rid of any of the pieces that we thought they would. Yeah, so the ratios hurt, but the wins and strikeouts don't. So I still think he's ever right. in all formats guy there. Okay, fair enough. Um, but what I'm getting at is, it, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about, what, what was it, nine starts versus the t- these 25. Yeah. And I believe a lot more heavily in the 25. We talked about rhythm before. I think he got a good rhythm to end of the year. I don't think that carries over. I think the same struggles that he's always had. The cutter wasn't all of a sudden this miraculous pitch at the end there. He just had a really good feel for his fastball and changeup then, and that was that. And that was he just never lost it, and that was okay. Fine. But I think he's going to still be tumultuous. And I, I, I'm staying away from this. I just see too much risk. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like I said, I don't even... I don't even feel like a, like a big fan of, of his. And <laughs> I was kind of surprised that I'm like that much higher. Well, there's someone else that you're, it's really close with Eduardo, which is Jake Odorizzi. Um, they oh, have it as I am high tier. on Odorizzi. That yeah. is two picks later. You have Zach Wheeler in the middle. Uh, yeah. Why is Odorizzi above Kyle Hendricks or say Lance Lynn, who I know you're a fan of. You're a big fan of Lynn. I do like Lance Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I why, think he's, why is Odorizzi there? He's he's in line with those guys. Um, well, yeah, he's behind Wheeler, but then he he's one spot ahead of Hendricks and a couple spots ahead of Lynn. Lynn, who I do like, so it is interesting when you when you feel like yeah, I like so and so, and then you go into the ranking and you see the market, and you're like, oh, I guess it looks like I don't like him as much as I thought. With Odorizzi, though, I believe in what worked last year, where they understand that he's a two times through guy. And they're going to continue to focus on that, letting him go the third time through uh, here and there. Obviously, the days when he's dealing and hopefully limit that. But that can be very successful. Like you don't need a 200 plus inning season, particularly at this draft spot, to be really good. And he was a top 20. He was 21st last year um, with his 351 ERA, 121 whip and 178 strikeouts and 159 innings with 15 wins. That offense is awesome. Their bullpen is interesting. I think the wins, again, I don't want to go too far on that. We've brought up brought them up a few times here. I think you can project them to be solid again for Jake Odorizzi, uh, even though he is limited by the fact that, that he's going to have some fives and sixes more often than he has sevens. But I just like what he did, and I think it's, you know, it's high time a team understood that don't try to extend this guy further than he needs to go. I think he has, I think Odorizzi has the tools to continue to succeed two times through the order. And I'm kind of surprised that, uh, that some folks are like really down on him after what he did last year. I think it's because Odorizzi really did great things for about two and a half months, 13 starts. Uh, well, um, this is, let me explain why I'm saying that. Um, his first 13 starts of the year was a 192 ERA with a 10 K per nine. The mm-hmm. other 17 were 477 ERA with a 140 whip. The last 10 were a 289. I've been through this. That's why I knew what you were going to say. Okay. It's, okay. It's, it's false. It's a it's a small blip in the middle of the season, uh, a seven-start run, which includes a niner right. against, uh, against your Yanks, um, a five 
And then even some ones that the, the earned runs aren't very high, but the innings are light. So it's four, four and three. And those came in six, four and five innings. Add it all up. It's a 799 ERA and 32 and two thirds. But then he got right back on track over the final 10 starts. Didn't allow more than three earned in any of them and had a 289 ERA with 70 strikeouts and 56 innings. And we'll say that it was under six innings, uh, five of his last seven games, even though that was, that's fine. Three. Well, if there are three year runs in those games, then that's not a good but, year, right? But, but it's I a mean, 289 in 10, in 10, in 10 starts. So the, the makeup of them, I guess, well, I mean, the bottom line is that it was a 289 in 10 starts. So yes, there's some fives, 5.1s, 5.2s. I guess my question would be, who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it was a really, really amazing start to the year. I'm not saying that yes. necessarily the, the end that you were talking about. There was, a, right, was a blip in the middle. Yep. Uh, it was a, it was a good close. Now, I wouldn't say it was like a, I mean, great because 192 year eight before is elite and then like, I, whatever, the wording, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it's just semantics. Sure. Um, but anyway, I, with Oda Rizzi, there's a lot of question about sustainability with us. I mean, he kind of did this out of nowhere. Um, I mean, having consistent hovering four ERA seasons and then, did, uh, then is it out of nowhere though? Like they're, kind of. it's pretty, it's pretty clear what they did though was limit him, not extend Odorizzi th- that third time through, which has consistently been an issue for him, and even wasn't that great this year. But they stopped pushing him. I mean, it goes from six ninety four to eight fifty second to third time through for Odorizzi, and so his first two times through six forty and six ninety four for his career, that's good. Like there's so many guys that could benefit from really being limited to that end and so, i don't know that it's that shocking so okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop playing devil's advocate and just kind of explain why people are out of odorizzi one thing i really did like uh, about him last year was that if you ever watched his uh his strike zone plot it is lovely because it's just like someone took a massive can can of paint, red paint and just threw it to the top of it mm-hmm because it's just painted in, in four seamers. I mean, they even grouped together a lot of the yeah. sinkers, I think. He loves just the painted high, like the that. And then after that, I mean, I don't know how much I buy into his splitter. It's not that great. Uh, 32% zone rate last year, 36%. Oh, swing, 14% swing strike rate. And then he tried to throw curveballs in there as well. Curveball, 6% swing strike rate. It's not very good. It's really just like... You guys don't know what I'm doing with my fastball. You, it's going up, and you're not doing good things against it. I mm-hmm. uh, like. Uh, I know you have Woodruff higher anyway. I was going to say make this comparison um, of you know Nick. You're talking about oh you like the good fastball, whatever. Woodruff has a secondary pitch that I trust. I didn't know. Remember we had these conversations last year. I was saying Burns. You were saying Woodruff. My biggest concern of Woodruff was the slider, and the slider actually showed itself to be good. It okay. did. Yeah. Right. So, so now we're here talking about this. So, Oda Rizzi doesn't have that extra thing to go to. And you're saying, oh, the tw- it's okay. The twins pull him out. Um, third time through the lineup that exposes the lack of other options to, to feature. I just wonder if his fastball is forcing him. He's going to be able to have a 188 batting average allowed again. I have to feel that that's not going to be consistent. And he did increase his velocity, which is nice up to 93. That's really good to see Oda Rizzi do that from about 91, 92 beforehand. Well, he only allowed a 244 off the splitter. It's not like the splitter was unusable. Well, it's not unusable, but that's not, 
that's not a that's not a strong secondary pitch. I mean, that's not a pitch you can throw in the zone effectively, and it didn't get enough chases, I think, for him to feel confident using a lot. Um, I, I would say that his fastball performing as well as it did also made the splitter act better. And if sure. there's any sort of drop on the fastballs, then the splitter is going with it. I. Uh, but the the sinker, uh, I mean, the fastball the has always been good, though. Like throughout his career, it's been a positive. Well, pitch. it was as good as I've seen last year. Well, it was. It's at his best. He had a career year for sure. Right. So I mean, that, that's also part of the hesitation. I like that you're aggressive on Odorizzi, and I will say that I mean, I've seen him go like twentieth round or something, just completely. Oh forward. yeah. The market and is not anywhere near I'm, me, which is I'm great. I'm not in on that. Uh, I would say the 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 concerns about his IPS just in general. He doesn't, he's not a big innings per start kind of guy. It doesn't mm-hmm. even seem like these, you're saying the twins are going to let him do that. Mixed with the fact that uh, there should be some regression in those heaters does make me think 35 is a bit too high um, relative to the field. Uh, but he is definitely someone that I'm going to be focusing on seeing if he does continue to fall in drafts. Okay. All right. Uh, we've already talked about, well, I didn't with you, but I'm sure you have. And I know you have about Ross Stripling. And yeah, I pick and you. That's also a little bit different now because Alex Wood is a Dodger. Yeah, stupid so Alex we, Wood. We can stupid, move past that stupid one. Dodgers. Um, I have two more. I'm just curious about if you'll indulge okay. me. Of course, uh, it's actually the same same tier as Odorizzi as Odorizzi started at 35 and down at 52, ahead of guys like Matthew Boyd, Julio Urias, Danielson Lamed, Jesus Lazardo. You have Jeff Smarzja. Mm-hmm. So what do you see here from Smarzja? Just a really quality season of uh, volume, kind of a, a boring pick. Um, he was healthy and he, and he got back on track. He, you know, went back to not walking guys. Doesn't have a great strikeout rate. Uh, not particularly special, but gets protected by half of his starts being an Oracle. So at the very least, you're using him there and then spotting him on the road. Um, if you had just started him all year last year, of course, you got a 352, 111 ERA whip combo. Um, I just think that. I, I would really push the question back on other rankers who have him like so far down as if he doesn't even exist and didn't just put up a top like 30 season this past year. Uh, he, he was, I mean, he was really good. Samarja was, let me see where he ranked for the year. He was 25th uh, on the season. And so obviously I don't even need a repeat to justify this ranking um, you know, he got away from the fastball a little bit and turned it into more cutters, which I'm fine with. And um, yeah, I think he'll give you a good whip and probably a high three ZRA. And I'm fine with that. And vo- he'll volume his way to more strikeouts. So the strikeout rate isn't good, but I can get a buck 40, buck 50 by volume alone. So there's a lot of areas where there's regression expecting to come for, for Samarzja. Uh I don't like quoting dips a lot, uh, but just to, to preface it with it, and then we can go into what explains it. You have a, a 459 FIP last year and a 492 Sierra. And that's instantly right now what explains, I think, a lot of the the gap between where you're putting Smarzja and a lot of people. And that's rooted, obviously, in the 19% strikeout rate that you yeah. that you just mentioned. But there's also the 240 BABIP, which is absurdly low. Sure. Um, but but again, that focuses too much on what he did last year as the 25th pitcher. I have him 52nd, like nowhere near performing so, at that level. So I've already baked in all this. So I well, think covering it in fairness is beside. like I've, I've done that work. Right. I, pu- I pushed him down to I'm not I'm not expecting 19 again or else I'd have put him 25th. So if I put him down at 52, 
I've got all that. I, I feel that. 240, that's going up on the BABIP. ERA is going to go up. WHIP's going to go up. But I got him at 52. Okay. Um, I would. I, mean, I guess I question how much you see him dropping. It doesn't sound like you see him dropping a lot if you're talking about a 3.8, 3.9 ERA from Smarzia. Sure. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I personally see him. Even if it's like a 4.20, I, I think that that. I see. Yeah, I see. I see about. Yeah, four twenty, four thirty. I see a four twenty with a, plus whip. with a good whip. Uh, why? Why I with mean, the whip? Even, why? Why? Because I don't think that he'll have a uh, one seventy two BABIP on his eight hundred throw. But he had a three hundred three BABIP back in twenty seventeen and had a one fourteen whip. He had a two eighty five BABIP back in sixteen and had a one twenty whip. I mean, well, I mean, his BABIPs I, I think, have gone okay, up before. One fourteen four, came with a three point eight percent walk rate. Also, much better pitches across the board, especially with his. I believe it was a splitter that was on. Well, he'll be a, that he'll year. Be a, it was slider. Yeah. Was I'm sorry. Yeah, he'll have but, another uh, full year removed from injury too. Now, he'll be thirty five. Obviously, I'm not projecting like some major growth. But again, this is all baked in. I'm moving him from twenty five. Well, okay. I mean, I, I guess the pushback is I would imagine a little bit more pushback because I mean the guys that you're you have underneath him. Um, I I don't I see similar floors honestly. Well, I, uh, I, I don't get it. I, don't I, Pablo Lopez I'm, it again. <laughs> These guys I, have bottoming out floors. I, instantly, I said it. I um, know. I mean, I will say Smarja does have a bad floor. To be fair, I mean, uh, the last two seasons we've seen is a 4.42 year and a 6.25. Yes, injuries of of 2018. Yeah, he okay. had a no, no. It's you, not like you call that an injury washout. You don't pretend that 6.25 is conceivable in any way, as as I, though you're going to get that. As I like mean, a, throughout throughout Smarja's career, we've seen comfortably above four year raise. Sure. So and look, so the look fl- at I mean, from 17 four, though the 4.42 ERA, 1.14 WHIP. I bet in, in 270, I bet that was about the 50-something pitcher. And he's also never had this low of a fastball velocity. And he was also throwing a 94 in 2017 and mm-hmm. was just underneath 92 in 2019. I, I understand that. But but you're saying that, that he's going to go up to like a 442 ERA, right? So I'm saying he's been there. And yes, you're going to have the whip higher than the 114. Again, I just feel personally like I've I've already done all that work by moving him down here. Where where would you okay. recommend? Um, I would say relative to this list, closer to seventy. Okay. Um, something like that, or so. Yeah. I mean, I would I would say there's more of if you're if you're banking on the volume, which you should. It that you know this is often our, our talk about twelve versus fifteen. That has larger value in fifteen than it does in twelve. There are going to yeah, be more I, guys that are going to be very comparable to Smarja on the wire. I think. I also think though, as somebody in. Who focuses on 12 and like really curating things, then you should want somebody who pitches half their games at Oracle Park because Oracle even, Park isn't as good as we thought it was. Yes, it is. It's it's still very good. It's it's still great. I yes, it is. I mean, just to just to reiterate exactly the sentence is not as good as we thought it was. Okay, so expound on that, I guess. It's still one of, if not the best pitchers park in the league. Uh, well, uh, expounding in the fact that uh, right-handers pulling the right-handed runs, homer. Yep. Oh yeah, much better than we thought it was. Okay. And I, 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 I I've kind of always like understood that righties can do better there, but lefties, it's it's death. Sure. But it's still um, one like probably the best pitchers park. Yes. I don't Even, know if I'd necessarily say that, but I mean, it, it's not like this is golden 
goose of just, oh man, if you pitch there, then you'll be fine kind but of it, thing. But it kind of is. Anyway, uh, I mean, it so I would have, I would have Samarja a, a lot lower. I think in, in 12 teamers, his value isn't as, uh, as high as it would be for the, those that need the volume in, in 15 teamers. So I'm a bit more hesitant to go after that. Um, but uh, it was good to hear your thoughts on Samarja at 52. There's one last guy, and this is the, uh, obviously the other side of the coin. Um, you have Caleb Smith all the way down at 76. So what makes you do that? I mean, he's not very good at pitching is the, <laughs> is the main thing. Uh, I want to say one quick thing with regards to Oracle not being as good. You have to consider the fact that their pitchers have sucked so bad lately too. Like the people that they're putting out there. So this this change of like the home run rate spiking, a lot of that probably, or at least a portion of that has to do with Who's throwing the ball there, which has not been very good. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say that the uh, the San Francisco pitchers are not very good. Yeah. So that that because I, I, I still think it's if you're a, a solid average or better pitcher, still think it's a great place to pitch. Sure. So that, that, I agree with that. That's, that's, that's a good. That's a great place to pitch. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, as um, far as as far as uh, Caleb Smith, and I, I hate to hurt Alex's heart. I love. Absolutely love Alex Fast, but I mean, it basically panned out exactly what Justin was worried about, which is if he's not perfect at home with the home run rate, he's in deep doo-doo because of the home runs on the road. And he was pretty good at home, particularly with the home run rate. Um, Well, pretty good relative to what he does. It was still a one-two. They moved the fences in and he was a nightmare on the road. So he's... Caleb Smith is truly a half pitcher, whereas, you know, somebody like Samarja, I said, you know, you could use him as a half pitcher. I think you could at least spot him on the road in the favorable spots. I don't know that I ever really feel that comfortable starting a Caleb Smith on the road outside of maybe a visit to the aforementioned San Francisco. So so one thing I should bring up, I think, with Caleb Smith is that his season being in two halves, as you're describing, saying, okay, he did really well initially, and then it just kind of fell apart as we expected. And there was an injury. Also came exactly pretty much right there with that mm-hmm. hip injury. And you do but have the- to wonder a little bit. And I know Jeff Zimmerman put out a great piece kind of talking about, oh, he was hurt, and then we expect some sort of benefit or a better season because of that doesn't always pan out. Yeah. And that's totally fair. And but- uh, it's just something to think about there. It, it is, but but with regards to the good half – it came with a one eight homer nine, so it was pretty fraudulent. Like he he would need the one ninety eight average against and two thirty eight BABIP to hold up. Caleb Smith would, um, so that is concerning too. But you're right that there was kind of that like then he came back and all the all the um, chickens did come home to roost at that point. May have not been feeling as well either. And so and and really it what was interesting about that with Caleb Smith is like when he first got back. The first month was pretty good because he maintained the BABIP and average. But then as those started to normalize, the homers really started to punish him. 279 BABIP, 273 average. Those aren't too bad um, in his last 11 starts. But he had a 639 ERA because he allowed so many homers, 16 in 56 in the third innings. I just can't trust a, a guy with this kind of home run rate. And so – I thought 73rd was was the best, or what did I put, 76? 76 is the best I can do for somebody with that glaring of a wart that can just hurt you so badly. So 
I, I really, I do want to mention that uh, I really do feel like Caleb Smith was just a different pitcher um, in those last games. It wasn't just necessarily luck normalizing, and that was it. I mean, his swing strike rates were completely different. Uh, we're talking always every single game above double digits for his first nine. Okay, but then fo- focus on the first half. He survived with a one eight homer nine. But I understand this. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that he doesn't have necessarily a home run problem. Yeah. But I'm also going to recognize that. Okay, Caleb Smith was not pitching as effectively, also in that second half as he was in the first half. Okay. And I do wonder if there is room for growth here. Uh, he does have a slider that misses bats over 15% of the time. He has a change of the misses bats over 16% of the time, and he has a fastball that misses bats over 10% of the time. I, I do wonder if a this was his first season that we've really seen of Caleb Smith. We saw a brief 16 in, a game starts in, in 2018, and this was 28, of course, with that injury as well in 2019. I do wonder if there's more room to grow here for Smith, and he does have the repertoire that would showcase that. I mean, it wasn't like he just had good luck all of a sudden, and that was it at the beginning of the year. He did a lot of good things to deserve that success. He was missing a ton of bats, and he was being very effective with his entire repertoire, those three pitches. But then it kind of just it just didn't work out. He didn't get the feel for a slide. Actually, I think in some games, just stopped throwing. He would go two pitch pitches, or be a two pitch pitcher at times as well. It wasn't the Caleb Smith that we we saw at the beginning of the year. And of course, then everything fell apart. And you're talking about the home run rates, and that just got it expounded. The, the BAPIP was much worse. It, I mean, he deserved it. And so I do wonder if, you know, you're talking about guys that you're drafting way late in your drafts here. We're talking about the, the 75th to, to 100 or so. I I wonder if it's not worth it to take the chance at Caleb Smith and to uh, see if there is something more here. Because, I mean, you have him grouped with, with say, like Chris Bassett um, and Jordan Lyles and, and Griffin Canning and Cole Hamels. And, I mean, with a lot of those, I don't think you'll ever really know um, or you feel as confident as you could with Smith. The very benefit... How could you feel confident with that kind of home run rate, though? I think that's the thing. A home run rate can sink you. No, nothing sinks you faster than a home run rate, a home run problem. And so where does the confidence come in? Even Because even when he was pitching well at the beginning, it felt like it was on a wire. He had the strikeouts, which were good, uh, but he's a five-inning guy uh, more often than not. So it only takes like one two-run shot to kind of sink you there. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't argue that it felt like it was on a wire, like he wasn't going to just fall off to be a – 450 pitcher at that moment. I wouldn't say that at all. I, I think he absolutely did. He had a 1-8 homer 9. I, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't believe that he was going to do a 241 Babbitt. He had a 238 ERA, a 304 FIP, and a 317 XFIP. Just it's just put in, I mean, I shouldn't even say XFIP because we're talking about, let me do, let me bring up Sierra for that. 317. Um, wow, that's the same? That's the, <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah, that, I mean, that um, doesn't make any but sense. I, but, that, but yeah, but but I, I I think you understand a little bit what I'm saying though of him being just a better pitcher. I mean he yes, his, but but it requires so much of that BABIP and bad and to hand to hang uh, hang in there at a 2.38 BABIP. He basically has to continue that with that home run rate. So he had a 14% homer fly ball rate in those nine starts. That's not very high. That's right. That's fine. That's that that's him pitching. Well, and he's still allowed 1.8 per nine. During that time? The, the first 12 starts? I'm looking at the first nine when I felt like he was actually locked in. But uh, regardless of the fact, I mean, we're looking at those other pitchers. 
And I, I, I can current, I can definitely see a scenario where Caleb Smith is locked in and doing his thing. And we have more confidence in him than we do those other ones. Those other ones feel like they'll be good for a couple of weeks or so, something like that. And then, okay, fine. It's, it's done. Then maybe we'll come back in later on off the waiver wire or something like I, that. I, be I guess I can all year. understand that because you like him, but I don't know that you can truly not, back that up. Wait, wait, don't, don't tie this to just emotion. Well, it kind of is though, because there's no, not it's really. Not. Okay, he consistently has a walk issue. He consistently has a home run issue. So what am, I'm getting strikeouts, which I like, but otherwise, like he needs to limit hits at this at, at this huge clip that we both would agree is unlikely to sustain. I mean, even taking his full season Babbitt, Caleb Smith was at 251, which was way better than anything else he'd ever done. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from based on what he's like done in his very short sample right like in, in the entirety of it i understand this i guess what my my case is his his pitches themselves we've actually seen it oh when he gets into the rhythm of it when these things all work because this is his tool set this is what he has and when that puts it all together it does good things and i can't yeah. say that for the other guys so that that's i guess what i'm leaning on here is that i think that his arsenal is better than the other ones and you Maybe it never comes to fruition. Very good possibility. I totally get that. There is still much, much more intriguing uh, blueprint here for success with Caleb Smith. And that's where we disagree because I don't think it's much more intriguing. Okay. To that point, though, I have those guys that you talked about, Bassett and Lyle specifically, lower than him. So not probably not the best examples to use. But well, uh, I was just even saying some people of the guys, around it. It's the same sure. tier. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, with... A persistent walk rate and home run rate like that, it's, I don't know. I just don't know. And a declining, I mean, you didn't even mention the declining velocity year over year, 94 to 93 to 92. So that's oh, all going Caleb down. Smith? Yeah. Well, I mean, in, 90, in 2017, he was used as a reliever more than a starter. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't quote that 94. Uh, but yeah, 90, 93 to, to 91.6. Uh, yeah. And he's going to be 28. So I just don't know that there's a lot of growth. Okay. Um, I will okay. say that he was throwing 90 to 93 at the beginning of the year, and then post-hip, it was 90, 91. So there might be something to that as well. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, but yeah, just with that kind of home run rate, I couldn't really get it much higher than 76. Okay. During those nine starts, it was a sub 1.2 home run per nine. During, during like what? The first nine starts of the year. when I During those cherry-picked nine starts? It was I'm what? Saying, and that's not... <laughs> It's cherry picked because that's actually when he was performing up like his stuff was actually presenting results, not just on the shallow level of ERA and whip of actually I mean, his repertoire. But, but kind, doing so why, why did you eliminate the first the, the three starts leading into the injury, though? Why, why did those get taken out? Because I imagine that they were probably affecting him. I don't know. I, the, it's not not a point being like they, that's who he is. The point is we've seen him do it well that's what i'm getting we at. can find a nine start run for anybody though i think we can no, find no, no, a no. nine this is, start this is run. much this is this is much clearer to me i think than no, than I, I anyone that okay I give me can... one of give me one of chris bassett and homer bailey of the same kind uh homer bailey's finished to the season with oakland i i, I mean it was I'll, good I'll, his splitter was working a lot but yeah Within tight with with three pitches that were working. I mean, do you, you understand where I'm coming from? 
Sort of, but not really. I think you're making a lot out of nine starts. Like, like, where do you? Where, I guess okay. Where, where are you ranking? Where are you ranking? I'm not ranking. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's the correct question. Next, I don't know. I'm not going to put him in the top fifty. I mean, Homer Bailey had a 2.25 ERA in 48 innings with 48 strikeouts in the last I'm not eight starts about of the season. ERA. I'm talking about the the performance of his repertoire. 48 strikeouts, seven walks. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's really good. Okay, uh, let's go with Sandy Alcantara Chris, and Dylan Bundy. You said Chris Bassett. Let me get. Uh, I think Chris Bassett had a big uh, big start to the season. Dylan Cease, obviously, I, I think, and and Bundy are uh, betting on on the come with them. Cease more so than than Bundy, but they're in the same tier, so I'm not really going to argue that any. Like super aggressively. Well, I mean, if it's going to be same tier, then I mean, this is a tier where Smith is seventy six and it starts at fifty five. Yeah, because it's a lot of similarity. Okay, yeah. So if you're if we're saying that I would put Smith late fifties, early yeah, late fifties or so, we'd be on the same page then, right? You would be in the same tier if that's where you broke your tier. But that's fine. So okay, I asked you where you rank him. Right. This case you're making is flimsy, though. Is my point. You're cherry picking a nine start run and I think ignoring the negatives is all but we're talking. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's we're not putting top 50. I don't think this is a flimsy case at all. Obviously not. I'm making the yeah. case, but nevertheless, I mean, we saw what he can do. Okay. It's much more convincing to me that that. You know, that is what I would grab towards. I would go towards that possibility. Chris Bassett the opened the season went, with six starts with 44 strikeouts and 36 and a third and a 213 yeah. Babbitt. I mean, and that was much, you can no, find but that, a, but that was a much, run for everybody. You, you, you were talking about, no, no, no but you're, you're focusing too much on the run as opposed to you what, said, find, you said, find a no, run. No, no, don't let me finish. You said it. The run of where their repertoire was performing up to snuff that was made it believable. Smith's repertoire and his tool set is better. That's to, that's to what me. I'm leaning on here. Yes. It's not emotion. It's not that I like him. It's that I, I, I see the repertoire that's better, which we haven't really talked about enough, I feel. But it's fine. It, it's it's fine. You have him at 76. I completely understand it. We yeah. have him effectively in the same tier, considering that I would put him at the late 60s. So, yeah, or, guess, sorry, the late fifties, well, early six. Yeah, probably late fifties. I'll do a re-ranking where I rank tier. everybody's best nine starts, and then we'll see where he ranks. But, that, but you're hampered on that. It's not about the best nine starts. It kind it's of, about him. Kind of is though, right? Because that. No, so anyone I mean, can get in a groove for nine starts, no. though, dude. Yes, the, like it is about that. It is, it is about that though, because anyone can dial in. I mean, when we had Smoltz on the show many moons ago, he basically said that. Uh, you know, someone, every guy has like, if you're 30 starts, 10 where you're locked in, uh, like crazy and you got everything working, 10 where you've got a couple things working and 10 where you're just out there fighting and figuring it out. So like, again, I'm just not that sold on, on that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked about rhythm beginning of the cast, right? Yeah. I understand completely what you're saying about anyone can do a nine star run. I'm, I'm specifically saying like, look, he showed off. When his repertoire could be. We've seen not much of Caleb Smith, especially healthy Caleb Smith. I have to believe in some way like, oh, right. Yeah, the slider is a good pitch. Oh, yeah, the changeup is a good pitch. Oh, yeah, the fastball is a good pitch. Right. This makes a lot more sense to me. This is a stronger narrative. 
than I mean, uh, and that and run the, the slider was around there. That's all. The slider was average in that in that run, like a little bit better than average. The results were excellent, but the performance wasn't holy moly. But I like the fastball changeup combo. I mean, I like, I like the strikeout at upside. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Caleb Smith for the strikeouts, but those homers remain a problem. I mean, over the full season, it was a problem. Yes, yes but was. even even a one two, you don't love. It puts I'm so okay much. With this climate, I'm okay with a one two. It, it, it puts so much burden, and, and if you're gonna ding Odorizzi on the five inning thing, it just puts so much burden on him when he's a five six inning guy. I mean, I'm dinging, I'm dinging 35 ranked Odorizzi. That that that's fine. So, I'm I'm saying, but he has, Caleb Smith has that same thing hanging over where one homer can completely flip his ERA. Well, that's, well, yeah, that's everyone. Not not everyone. If you throw in seven a start. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying like the shorter starts and the of course, that. yeah. Well, I mean, I would I would I would say that if Caleb Smith is, I mean, if if it, at a point that you're fine owning Caleb Smith. Then he's probably not going to have the same IPS as Odorizzi. He's going to have a better one. Like he's going to go long, longer in games. If it's a situation where you're like, okay, Caleb, Smith he wasn't is going doing his thing. He wasn't going six a start in the in the the sample you're talking about. It's five nine. I mean, so. he had one in the nine that I'm talking about. He had more of six plus than he had at five. Okay. So I mean, that's it was a five nine. Point. What do you think Odorizzi's IPS was, dude? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. You're talking about... No, no, no. You're talking about the nine starts at the beginning of the year. It was five innings, six, 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 six. It's 5.9. 6.2, 5.15. Says, so, I, I mean, I'm phrasing, I'm going to phrase this that he had more starts of six plus earned run, uh, innings. Phrase it however you want. It doesn't change that it was... It does. It does 5.9 innings. What? It does because, especially for quality start leagues, you're going to have more six inning starts than than Odorizzi when when he's at his best. That doesn't tell me a whole lot. Well, right, but that's where okay. I uh, anyway. This has been. This has <laughs> I don't been understand fiery. how this is like so difficult for you to, wait, that you're wait, don't, making don't, all these exasperations here. Like, uh, okay, me. let me get uh, Odorizzi's Nothing. best run here. I'll pluck that out. Thirteen Stop starts. Saying best run, but it's it not is about. Okay, we're at an impasse score. Yeah, we are. That's okay. Are. So we'll go ahead and, and end on fine. that. We're gonna <laughs> like. I'm gonna ask you one more question. That's not about Caleb Smith. Yes. Or not. Who we got? Um, in your final tier, hey, starts at Brad Peacock at eighty. Mm-hmm. Who is the one that you think you're going to be owning the most? Well, that's not your final tier, but it's between eighty and ninety-nine. Yeah, that's where a lot of those last couple pictures are going right. to be scooped. I mean, if Peacock had a job, he he would have. You know, if, once we know whether or not he's got a locked-in job, he's, he's a contender there. Um. And I'm a stupid idiot, so I'll probably take some Reynaldo Lopez. It's uh, a good question, man. You got me messed up here because there's a lot of guys. I'm going to have some Lindblom. I'm going to have some Miley. Uh, maybe Hauser. The one I'm going to have the most. Yeah, you wonder if the Brewers are going to treat Hauser like Woodruff or not because they're going to let Woodruff fly. But yeah. we just cross our fingers that they'll let Hauser fly instead of yeah. the 
like four innings or whatever they did yeah. him last year. They they definitely tamped him down. Like you know they they kept him close to the vest in the in the, in at the end of the year there with them in a, in a chase to make the playoffs. But I I hope they open it up a bit this year. He might just be even like an exaggerated Odorizzi where they're like you can really only go four to five, which would really hamper what he can do for us in shallower leagues. But I I, I like him. Yeah, I think. Um, Lindblom, Miley, Hauser, and Raylo are probably the four I'm going to have. Interesting. So you're going after Raylo. Yeah, I can't. I can't help it, dude. He's got <laughs> Grandal helping. He's still got. Sure. He still has some some flash to him, and when he's on, it can still look great. Obviously, he was a nightmare last year. Like I understand that, and um, I feel like you know, in it. Well, I will say this though too. Um, his price probably isn't as low as I I would have thought slash hoped, but at pick two ninety three, can't really hurt me. Um, he he can trend higher though too, so it kind of depends the league you're in. You might, might be waiting on him, and he goes in the top one hundred pitchers, which would include relievers. But his average has been one hundred fourteenth. Again, that includes relievers over at uh, NFBC for Reynaldo Lopez. But yeah, you know I'm I'm still not going to give up on him. He's uh you know. 26 he has foundation foundational pieces that can work he's made it through two full seasons so I, one of the things i'm confident one, one of the things i like about Raylo is that if things do click we don't have to have that like can he make it through a full season we already know that and we need him to kind of develop himself because giolito it wasn't the white Sox. so i we can't say sure, that the yeah. white Sox developed giolito they'll develop him he's got to do some work on his own but Grandal coming helps and uh yeah i'm i'm still gonna have some shares dude i already know it <laughs> um yeah I, I i just hope that you can throw a slider and change up together in the start yep. and be effective um i'm surprised you didn't say Eovaldi. that's actually the guy that i thought you'd jump at i i was wondering if maybe i i already have a couple shares of him so maybe i should have included him at his price He's probably the one because he's at 400, but that's going to soar if he comes into spring, popping 99 and right. and doing his thing. So um, I don't want to get too hung up on that cost unless you're doing a lot of February drafts. But uh, Eovaldi's definitely one who's going to go upward. But yeah, I still I he's another one I can't quit. He's actually he he was Raylo before Raylo as far as a guy that I just kept going to the well with, despite taking these bludgeonings of the his terrible whips. <laughs> Thankfully, I had him in 2018 in a couple leagues, the one year, which wasn't even a full year where he was good. But uh, yeah, I, I like him still. Well, he didn't have a, uh, a healthy start of the year last year. So maybe, maybe that was a yeah. part of it. Maybe. Yeah, he and didn't, then, of course, he, he didn't have a healthy year in 2018. So yeah, like, last year was a mess. Um, I hope they don't do that stupid strategy that they did in spring again. I hope they learned how stupid that was. <laughs> where they were like limiting guys or what right, you know yeah. there was some blame on on sales issues for that right yep and uh, so hopefully they don't do that again do you like Evaldi? are you um buying I mean, back I, I, i'm in because of the 12 team where you can take that chance um yeah especially if you, you can't why it. not he's just so, so cheap just take yeah. him everywhere and he I can mean, be he your does, he can be an april cut if he does 99 up and then that cutter coming down at 93, that will work. That's what I'm saying, man. That's so what I'm saying. Still mix in the splitter, which I, again, right, I know you, I know you don't like him, but like, honestly, with the, I'm fine with that. Cause I just treat him as a pitch guy anyway. When his can be nasty. Right. Exactly. 
And it's his fourth, really, by volume. It's, right, it's right. not anywhere it's near. Sli- oh, the slider is... Oh, well, man. It, are you talking it's about a hybrid, or... isn't it? Like a slider for him, kind of. Doesn't he have almost a um, slider curveball? Oh, slurve. With, I... with the classifications. I don't know that it's a full slurve either. It's almost like a Kluberian, not to the level of him by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but where the classifications yeah. think he has both, but he would probably just say, that's my breaking ball. Yeah, I would say it's just as... I would say it's probably just a slider. I mean, it, whatever it is, it's not good. That's the problem. No, it, it's not. It's not great. <laughs> the bad last breaker. year, last year apparently it was a curve. Yeah, the, the so whatever weight of pitches because whatever he was doing bad. with the spin, the classification saw it as more curves than sliders. But he's four seam cutter splitter for Eovaldi is what you right. want to see working at 98, 99, um, and then ninety one to ninety three, and then um, eighty six to eighty eight. Not to mention, I love the fact that you put in Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panda, at night. That's all you, baby. I give you your love. <laughs> Whenever I'm pounding these pavement, pounding the pavement on Patrick Sandoval, you turn me on to that guy, dude. I, I'm, oh, I'm a fan. My only, my only qualm about uh, some of these guys that they're bringing in mm-hmm. is that it could, is that it could push him out a little bit. But that's okay. We're here for a full season, baby. And if we can't draft him, or if we got to put him on the watch list in twelve teamers. Just don't forget about him because he's going to get his chance because Tehran, Heaney, Bundy, Canning, Otani is not riding the five all year. And that's all they're right. going to use. No freaking they, chance. And we were talking about before. And injuries. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and injuries, I remember with as a, as a Ray, he had a really good four-seamer and change-up separation. Rays get every, get the max out of everyone. But since yeah. he left the Rays, he has fallen apart, dude. He oh, was yeah. brutal with Arizona. And and he it wasn't doing so well uh, on the raise at the end of it either. So that's that's correct. Maybe he should be. That goes. Maybe he's like an opener for them, right? And they can get like two that. innings out of him, and then turn it over to Sandoval and give us some of those sweet sweet wins. Be bad for quality starts leagues. Be good for wins leagues though. Right, of course, yeah. But yeah, I, I like Sandoval. I had to get him in there in the top one hundred. Uh, like I said, it, if you guys aren't familiar with Sandoval, I have given uh, I've given Nick full love on that. He's totally turned me on. This guy has the stuff, man. He's got the makings. I included him in my uh, closer look at the Angels, and and like I said, I even mentioned you in that article about his his four pitch mix. Oh, that's ninety three percent velo from the left side, which we like. Uh, for those that don't know, and I think everyone listening probably does, but your velocity doesn't have to be as high as a righty to be considered good when you're a lefty. So ninety three is almost like ninety five, ninety four and a half if you were an equivalent righty. So yeah, I love what he does. And this is the last guy I'm going to talk about with you. Um, I like that you added Tyler Beatty at 22, a one twenty two. It's just a big difference. Only a hundred points. Slight, slight difference (laughs) there. Um, Um, Are you on the BD train? I am a bit. And uh, he was in a recent series I did called good pitches from bad pitchers. Ah, yes. And uh, the, the bad pitcher in this instance is a 450 ERA or higher, which we know in real life is not bad. You can get paid millions if you can put up a consistent 450. But if you put it in, um, if you do that in fantasy, uh, we don't love you as much. And and that's just that's just how it goes. It, it, it's not it's not as good to be a, uh, a 450 guy there. But he had a nice curveball. And uh, I do wonder that if you draft him, if you draft Beatty, you can kind of live in this world where you're like, even if he doesn't really get a starting job or take to the starting job, I wonder if they should consider using him 
as the closer, perhaps. If maybe he's oh, that's okay, but not great as the starter, and and Sean Anderson, who's penciled in right now, or whomever, isn't cutting it as the reliever, and and Beattie plays himself out of the rotation a little bit. And there's a fine line, right? Because he can't be totally terrible and then go get the closers role. So he almost has to be like decent, but then there's too many starters and and he's only going four or five innings. And they say, what if we put him as the closer? So bottom line, I like Beatty and it is uh, it is based on that curveball primarily, which had a 52% strikeout rate. Yeah, it's uh, he also introduced, I mean, it's kind of weird. Uh, pitch type splits, I think, combines the slider and the... And the curveball, maybe they're calling the cutter, the slider. I think that's it. He introduced that cutter uh, about halfway through the season. That's an mm-hmm. 18% swing strike rate pitch, too. And just came out of nowhere. And on Let's top go. of that really good curveball, uh, I, I like a 38% zone rate as well. 36% of swing. So there is obviously things to be better at with it. And and decent velo, despite that. Right. We know, we know that, that that doesn't make everything. And in fact, his fastball isn't uh, terribly good. But... It's a little something, and like I said, if we do see Beatty in the bullpen, I bet you he's amping that up to 96, 97 on the regular, paired with the curve, and then a show-me cutter slider, slider. Watch out. Not, not to mention, he has a changeup that missed bats at an 18% mm-hmm. rate. I mean, it wasn't good for him. He made a lot of mistakes with that changeup. It was not a consistent pitch for Beatty, but nevertheless. Like form, yeah. That's that's interesting, and near 40% O swing on it as well. It's uh, Maybe there's something there for... Uh, actual four pitch mix um in the rotation with bd yep and and oracle um even with which is still great for fast for pitchers yeah fast work highlights that particularly for righty uh, righty hitters it's not a uh the, the end of the world so if they start to get some righty prospects don't ignore them just because sure. they play in that park um but you still want guys pitching there and BD pitching there. That helps. So they've got some interesting guys there that have talent. Gosman, uh, Samarja, BD, Cueto, uh, it, obviously a lot of health concerns there. And they signed Smiley, speaking of health concerns today. So he could be another interesting guy um, in there. But I, I like that you brought up BD because, yes, I am more in on him. In fact, I did this good pitches piece after the ranking. He's going to move up at least like 15 20 spots maybe he might he might be just inside just outside the top 100 for tyler Beatty. nice i think i'm gonna i'm probably gonna have him somewhere in the top 100 just because he's the kind of guy that you would grab at the end be like hey let's just see how the first two weeks go just take the shot let's right yeah it's going. Be an exactly. April cut and it doesn't it doesn't hurt you and i know right. you're not as huge on this and i don't like dictate everything based on it but a former prospect uh from a first round pick too so you know, we see a lot of guys that knock around like this for a while and they keep sticking around. And part of it is because they were the pick, not so much that, you know, you can't just say, well, because they're first round pick, they have this this upside like that. That's that tag right, is part yeah. of what earns them some of these chances. But it's not like he's gone around team to team. They're the team that drafted him. So I think acknowledging that he was a top 15 pick back in 2014 and he's kind of matriculated around the minors and had some injuries. I think we could still see some some good things from Tyler Beatty. So good good call out there. Nice. 
All right. I think that's going to wrap it up because uh, outside of that, you'd want to have to talk about Josh James, Vince Velasquez, or Spencer Turnbull. Because <laughs> those are the only three guys listed left. Yeah, and no. we went straight down the line there. So um, I do look forward to your rankings coming out. We will have some interesting debate. Uh, maybe we'll get back into Caleb Smith. and we'll, Let's bring in Alex and let him meet. Yeah, let's do it. And also then we'll call uh, we'll call Justin. Mason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get both we'll get both of them on, and they'll be like, "Whoa, whoa, guys, 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 settle down!" And then we'll let, we'll let them argue about it because no, that that would be nice. They're probably more that. disparate than than we are because I think you and I were uh, uh, closer on him. Yeah, and, that and, that was the funniest part about that entire thing was and that I, we weren't that far apart. Yeah, I think that they're they're uh, they're probably further apart still than than us. So we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I I finally made uh, fast to his own top one hundred, which will be going over in two weeks. So I heard that. Not wait for that. Very excited. Oh about man, that. can't wait. All right, man. Well, great talking with you. And uh, we'll be back next week. I think we need to, I think it's time. We got to be on the regular schedule now every week. And we'll be back on our Friday, on our Friday stuff. This was a special Thursday edition, but we'll be back to our Fridays. Well, Spore, it's always fun hanging with you by the fire. Right. Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.